Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I have the privilege of bringing a very special person to the podcast. And I know I'm always intrigued and excited about my guests, but honestly, this person has made a huge impact on my life in the last, uh, I'd say probably four or five months. It feels like I've been working with him for three or four years. Um, But I've got Dr. John Ryan on today, and I'm not even sure where this is going to go because... I decided not to even take any notes or any real talking points because if I dig up my notes from my conversations with this person or, or things that he's taught me or just things that I wanted to drill down, I'd probably have to have like a, you know, a 32 week series on all the things that this man has taught me and helped me explore about myself. And honestly has just taken me to a whole other level of like understanding of who I am as a human and understanding my potential and abilities And I'm just excited to share that with you guys today, to bring him to you and share his wisdom and his insight. Um, Dr. John Ryan, thank you for being on the show. Wow, Mike, that's quite an intro. I'm not sure I can live up to that in the next uh, 30 to 60 minutes, depending how long this conversation is going to go. I'll do my best, man. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, maybe we'll turn it into a 32-part series, as I said. We'll we'll see. So There you go. There you go. (laughs) Let's do it. Well, as always, we've got to start with the four questions. So we've got some context. So Dr. John, who has had the greatest impact on your life? You know, that's a really great question. So who's had the greatest impact on my life? I, I will go back to, there was a teacher that I had in high school and it was my chorus teacher. And when I was a kid and I saw people on the chorus stage, like I knew, like I didn't want to be on the chorus stage. So like that's one place I'm never going to be is on the chorus stage. And I just like, this is not going to be me. And so as I got to high school, I was into music and, and I started playing guitar and they had an end of year concert. And I played freshman year, sophomore year. I ended up doing uh, like uh, the Jimi Hendrix um, Star Spangled Banner type of thing. And every year he's like planting seeds, like you got to join the chorus, you got to join the chorus, you got to join the chorus. I'm like, no, 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 that's not for me. So it took it took three years for him to convince me to do it. And once I did it, it wasn't about the the chorus. I mean, it wasn't about that. It was about professionalism and the way he greeted because there's a hundred you know plus people in the choir, and he knew everyone by name. He knew their story. And it wasn't about saying, I'm not, a, I'm not a good singer at all. I'm not, I'm not going to demonstrate that at all. But it was like, just, I, I got what it meant to be a good leader mm. and the caring and the, like, he had a nickname for everyone in the choir and they had, you could tell they had a one-on-one connection and it just struck me in such a way that there was respect and reverence for people. It wasn't about the topic. It's about how you show up. And I think that's one of the things that we as leaders get to do. Yeah. There's the bigger vision. But more importantly than the vision is it's the connection and the people that are there that are on your team. And, and I hadn't put that together until you just asked me that. So I appreciate that reflective question. And I think as leaders that we get to do that. And it's really about people. Wow. That's cool. Are you sure you don't want to demonstrate your singing abilities? <laughs> I got a couple of guitars around here. We can, <laughs> we can do that. But I don't know if I want to demonstrate uh, my vocal inflexibility, if you will. Cool. Maybe on episode 17. Um, there you go. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? I will put it in the vein of never giving up. Mm. It's, it seems maybe it's a little cliche to never give up, um, I've had the great fortune, I would say, as I look back in life and, and you have me do some soul searching, Mike, and I appreciate being <laughs> on this end of the conversation. Yeah. Normally I'm the one yeah. asking probing questions. So this must feel like great payback for all the work that, that we've done is never giving up. I've had the great fortune of most of the successes in life that I've had have not come the first time. And sure, I've had experiences where the first time, you know, it's great. 
but typically it, it's not in in like so i'll go for something and i won't hit it and and then you have a choice of course you have a choice like do mm-hmm. i give up do i reevaluate mm-hmm. do i take a different tack and I'm so grateful for when I don't, because it forces me to go inside and evaluate and get the learning and the lesson. And, and I think if you get, sometimes you get lucky mm-hmm. and you'll hit a home run and you don't know how you did it or, and you can't replicate it. Yeah. And then you're kicking yourself saying, man, how did I do this? And then you, you can't, you don't have the recipe. So by having that struggle and never giving up that you get to learn the resilience and the strength that you wouldn't get otherwise if you um won through dumb luck as it were Mm, that's good i like it and it is great being on this side of it like probing and prodding and uh yeah this is this is gonna be awesome i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna come up with some really good ones no i'm just kidding um just don't ask me about my childhood i'm just kidding uh, yeah we're gonna do some breakthrough work here doc (laughs) what was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it Ooh, greatest setback this might be mm. a childhood question <laughs> this might be a childhood question i i think i can go back i'm i'm, I'm having a hard time because I've, there's so many mm-hmm. yeah. setbacks that that we've gone through so the greatest setback are we looking business personal and and does it does it matter it doesn't in, matter in sense yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so it goes I, it's so weird. Like to go back, I'm going back now. I'm going back into to childhood, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So I was I'm a musician, right? I've already mm-hmm. kind of opened up with this concept that I like music and uh, things like that. But you know, I'm not the best musician in the world. You look at YouTubers today, and it's like insane. I thought I was good yeah. back in the '80s and '90s, but no, no, kids these days are amazing. And so, but I played sports as well. And my older brother, younger brother, amazing at soccer. And, and I played soccer because it was kind of a family tradition, but I wasn't very good. So my best friend got on to the travel team and he said, you should try out next year. And I did. And let's say there's 15 spots. Well, I got cut. You know, maybe mm. there's like 17 people auditioning. Only two people got, didn't mm. make it. And that was me. I mean, some other guy. And so I was really, really bummed because I wanted to be good at soccer, but I just wasn't, but I tried hard. Mm. And so I ended up talking to the coach and said, listen, I want to make it next year. Is it okay if I practice with you so that I can get better? Because if I don't practice, I'm not getting better. I'm just getting left behind, you know, if you think about that. And so he said, sure. So I went, I didn't go to the games, but I practiced every, you know, on my own, whatever. I got serious about it. I'm not saying I got better, but the star player, his name was Michael and he was amazing, but he never showed up to practice. He never, he only showed up to the games and yep, he would score and he would crush it. And the coach halfway through the team. So my first setback was I got crushed. I didn't make the team, you mm-hmm. know, et cetera. I obviously resilience come through. I, I make that happen. But halfway through the season, he ends up kicking Michael off the team and said, I would rather have 11 people on the field that have the heart of John Ryan than having one Michael who's all about himself. And I was like, blown away like that because i'm like the worst still the worst player on the team yet he thinks like that that was a good thing and again it's resilience it's heart and realizing that you never go because you never if you see that obstacle and you hit it and it's hard and it hurts you got to keep going because if you don't you don't know what's on the other side of that wow so that that, that would, i don't know if that's a if that's as <laughs> deep as we want to go with yeah. this one but that's I, the first one that kind of pops to mind well i think it's great and it kind of makes me, I was kind of thinking that if Rudy hadn't been turned into a movie, you might be famous. Like, <laughs> No, you, you, chow, you chant Rudy. It sounds so much better than John. Yeah. It sounds so much better than yeah, John. I like sure it. Does. You know, yeah. um, I, I have a question just cause you're, um, I don't know, it, it piqued my interest and I don't know that I would normally answer this or ask this question, but why do you think that kids are so much better at you, you said, you know, kids on YouTube and music and all that stuff, it's so much more advanced now. Why do you think that is? I actually watched a YouTube video on this very thing. So thank you to YouTube for this one. I, I, I follow a bunch of uh, musicians who play and they, you know, give you lessons, things like that. And it's so incredible. And I just appreciate the genius and the skill. And this one guy who has, um, I can't remember his name. I, I would happily share it. Otherwise, he said he was great. Out of all of his friends, he was the best guitarist. Hmm. This is great. Think about the pond you're in. It's so important, right? When you grow up, 
there's the psychology that comes from Malcolm Gladwell, that the, 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 the idea that it's better to be a big fish in a small pond mm. when you're growing up. I think especially when you're growing up, because if you're a big fish in a small pond, your, your insecurities are amplified. But if you're a big fish, a small pond, you, your confidence goes up through the roof. So this guy says, I was incredible. Best of my friends. Got to high school. Best in the high school. Best in the town. Then he goes to Berkeley and he's now with every other person who was the best in the town. Mm-hmm. And he got his butt handed to him. Mm-hmm. Like he said, I thought I was really good. The reality was he was just in a small pond and he didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought I was shredding playing the national anthem a la Jimi Hendrix. But then you have kids who are like six years old who've been doing that like for 15 years. Whereas I, I'm like, I look like an, a moron to them. And so I think we have the ability to compare ourselves to a higher level caliber. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the idea that we're the average of the people that we spend most time with. Well, if you're the, the best person in your sphere of uh, influence, if you will, mm-hmm. then you got to get a better pawn to hang out with because because they're going to pull you down on average. Yeah. No, no offense. If you got old time yeah. buddies that you want to hang out with forever. Sure and they're your blood brothers, et cetera. And at the same time, we want to level up because if I'm the smartest person in the room, I need a better room. Yeah. And because we have YouTube and the reach and social media and all of that, we can get in a bigger room without leaving our little town. Correct. You, you watch YouTube videos of these geniuses, um, Sam Harris, Mm. and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this guy just got to the heart of the matter in like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I've been thinking about it for three weeks, trying to figure out the, the conundrum that's happening in our world. And he's like, no, this is exactly what's going on. You're like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. You, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go straight to this, but you just triggered something that you said to me, I don't know, probably two or three months ago. And you were talking about like the speed, the speed of like, we actually feel like time goes faster as we get older, but you were talking about, <laughs> I, it, it just came up because you were, so you were talking about um, something that you had, a study that you had read about that we actually think that because of all the knowledge and access to, to more knowledge that, that things, do you remember this? Are we talking about the law of accelerating returns? Yeah. And how information is doubling and yes. in fact, it's not only doubling, it's doubling at an increasing rate and that the rate of change is actually increasing. So we live in an, exponential world where you can't you can't know it all like Mm. there's this legend that back in the day thomas jefferson was apparently such so studied so learned if you will right that he was so well versed on all the topics that you could know in the world that he could talk about just about anything Mm. and be considered like one of the top in the world that is impossible today Mm. because even if you are an expert today in two years, everything you may know right now could be outdated based on the breakthroughs that we're having because that we're hitting that curve of the S curve of the accelerated growth and the hyper growth as, as technology changes and not just technology, but genetics, nanotechnology, psychology, everything we know about everything is just increasing at such a rate. So you can't be an expert in all fields. And, and that way you, you have to, you have to niche but you also have to grow because that mm. niche is also going to change over time. That's so interesting. Yeah. Thanks for uh, letting me drag you off into that Is that, that the one you're second. thinking about? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The totally. accelerating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Super interesting okay. because, um, yeah, I just we have so much more access to people and resources and knowledge and all of that. And I, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately. Like there's really, I mean, there's never been any excuses, but there's really no excuses today for anybody being able to say that they can't accomplish something because of all of this. Like it, it blows my mind. It is a hundred percent mind blowing how much information we have. And the reality is it's more information than we can ever consume. So that can't be the goal. The goal cannot be to get to the end of the internet. Mm-hmm. Like there's that commercial that was around. You ever yeah. see that one? Uh-uh. Like with this guy, like, honey, I finished the internet. Like, because you spent so much time in front of the TV or the, the computer screen it's not knowledge and information is fine where we get results. And let's go back to the idea of, you know, investing for freedom, where we get results in, in freedom in all areas of life is application. Hmm. It's when we apply what we know, even if we don't know it all, because we'll never know it all, 
we need to know enough to start implementing and then learn more along the way so we can get those insights. Because when you hit that roadblock, like we mentioned earlier, that's better than having smooth sailing sometimes. I mean, we love smooth sailing. It feels mm-hmm. great because we feel we, we know it. But if you're really pushing the edge of your comfort zone and your knowledge base, you're going to get to a place of, I don't know, let's go find out. That's mm-hmm. a great opportunity. It's a great yeah. opportunity to learn and grow and take it to a whole nother level. I love it. So I'm going to come back to this, but you've just um, piqued my interest because you have a whole module. Um, you know, you and I have been, well, I've been coaching with you. You've been my, my coach slash mentor for a while, but you have an entire module on time management. And I want to circle back to this. Um, I just made myself a note to come back to it because I think on that, on that whole concept, um, I think there's some stuff to unpackage there, but let's get to the fourth question and then we'll come back to this. What is the piece of advice that you find yourself sharing the most? Be willing to have the conversation. You know, my, my podcast is called Key Conversations for Leaders. I think one of the primary tools we have in our family and our relationships with ourselves, with our children, with our employees, with our investors is really the conversations. And if things aren't the way we want them to be, it's better to have that conversation early, even if you don't say it right. Hmm. Like I love getting into, okay, how do you frame it? How do you overcome objections ahead of time, pre-framing and things like that? But the most important thing is to just be willing to have the conversation because once you get over that fear and you're like, you know what, this is important enough. I need to say something earlier rather than later. And just usually getting over that hump, then people automatically start to get the script in their head. They know exactly what they need to say, Hmm. but it's just the fear of what if they get mad or all the anticipated rejection that can happen from that, all the stuff we play in our head, it's not really true. So being willing to have that conversation with yourself, with your spouse, with your kids, with your business colleagues, whoever you need to have that conversation with, have that conversation earlier rather than later. Give us a little framework. You actually spoke to our couples mastermind yesterday and you were talking about the fact that like, if we can't even, so on, on the note of like conversations and, and I mean, we could go a million directions, but you were talking about the fact that like, if we can't even control our own thoughts and, and all that stuff, like how can we, you know, expect to control other people? And I think it, kind of ties into that because a lot of times I think we're thinking and I'll let you tie this together. But a lot of times I think we're thinking, this was your whole theme that you started out with yesterday. We're coming from our perspective, thinking that someone is thinking something and they're totally like, we, we don't even know. So give, give me some, give me some thoughts around that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, let's do that 34 segment of our thing right now <laughs> yeah, in, totally. in the next few minutes, but we'll do the best we can to cover it. We, you know, they think about the millions and millions, I don't know, terabytes, petabytes of information available out there. Mm-hmm. Well, psychologically, from a human perspective, even if all of that was available to us, we wouldn't be able to take it all in. Mm-hmm. Every second of every day, we have 2 million pieces of data coming at us every second yep. that we're awake. And our brain only really gets 126. And this comes from the Hungarian psychologist, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi wrote the book Flow. And he's saying at the peak state, when you're in the peak state, Mike, when you're in your zone of genius and things are just flowing, that's your your best. You're taking in as much as you possibly can. That's your peak level. You're getting 126 Mm -hmm. out of 2 million. Mm -hmm. So we take that 126 and then we extrapolate and say, oh, this is the reality. This is the world. But we're looking at the smallest portion of all. It's like the six um, blind people that are trying to describe the elephant. Mm-hmm. We have different experiences. We're trained like, how, what are you talking about? Mine doesn't feel like a tree. Mine feels like a snake because yeah. they're in different experiences. And we don't understand why there's miscommunication. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, recognizing that your world is way different than the person who's next to you. Even though you're having the same experience, your interpretation of that is vastly different. Then in our thoughts, our thoughts help determine they govern our our feelings. We don't always feel like we can control our feelings. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we can't, we get overloaded and flooded. But the feelings is what really determines the quality of the behaviors, which determines the results. Mm -hmm. So investing in a business, investing in yourself, investing in your team in some way, shape or form to achieve an outcome, you want the results. Only way to get a result is by changing behavior. 
But if you ever try to change your behavior, I know you you may have shared in this podcast before, um, you know, health things that you may have done before. Have you ever just tried to like stop eating certain foods or stop doing certain behaviors, Mike? You ever tried to do that? <laughs> yeah, of course. I've tried. <laughs> does it does it work? Does it work long term? Not usually. Not usually. And I don't know if this is the thing for you. But for many of us, the reason that that we that we eat or watch Netflix or zone out and or do these like problem like sabotaging behaviors is because of feelings. Mm-hmm. We have feelings, we don't know how to cope with them, and so we find other ways to escape that feeling. And it's much better to do this thing, even if it's bad for us long term. It feels good in the short term. It's actually an escape. Mm-hmm. So these feelings come up, and when the feelings come up, we really can't control and regulate them very well. We're just not adapted. We don't learn that in school. Mm-hmm. In fact, you get punished for it. If you have a lot of emotions, you get you get labeled and all these kinds of things that happen to you. Yeah. The key one is creating space, cleaning up your own baggage so that when something comes up, because I don't think the goal is to be a robot, that we want to make sure that we have a pro- proportional response. Mm-hmm. Someone cuts you off in traffic, you're going to have maybe fear. Oh, what's going on? Just get aware of the situation. If I'm still thinking about that jerk who cut me off in traffic, that's no longer about that guy. That's mm-hmm. about me. That's my baggage that I'm carrying with me throughout the day because I'm letting it derail my thinking and my behaviors, which is going to impact my results. So getting clarity on your beliefs, getting rid of limiting beliefs that we have that hold us back, our limiting emotions and our limiting behaviors, you clean that up and then we can actually begin to... We're never going to deal with the entire reality, mm-hmm. but we can more effectively deal with the reality that we're perceiving. Mm. I love it. And the, the reason why I, I like the, the way that that pulled together, but when you said just have the combos, it was so amazing with you on the couple's call yesterday, because um, even from that perspective and the way that we process and the behaviors and the way we see things. And, you know, you had mentioned this yesterday that, you know, even if you said beach, like there's two different, I have a certain, you know, image of a beach and you have a certain image of a beach. And when you said just have the combos, it kind of pulled that together for me because so many times I think I heard somebody say years ago that most broken relationships are just misunderstandings. And I think that, I think at the core of all of this, like our human relationships and interaction, and I I say this all the time on the podcast, but everything that we need is on the other side of another person. Um, you know, a lot of times as real estate investors or business people or whatever, you know, we're always thinking about the deals and we need the money and we need the capital and really all we need in life is people. And what I love about working with you is that you've, you've helped me like reframe everything in my world is like, I'm trying to make it a mirror because the way that I see things and the way that I perceive things and all of that is like how I see the world and it's how I see other people. And when you say just have the combos, that's why I wanted to tie that together because it's such a way it's, it's beautiful advice. Um, but it's such a way to get to the heart of really that misunderstanding, which is where broken relationships happen. How many times have we had conversations, not not you and I, but like other people where we have a disagreement and at the end of it, Oh, we're saying the same thing. We're just saying it in different ways, mm. but we didn't take the time to seek to understand where they're coming from first. Mm. Had we done that, asked questions instead of trying to share our opinion mm-hmm. first, oh, here's where I'm coming from. And like, no, here's where I'm coming from. Maybe we're saying the same thing, but maybe we're not. And it's quite possible we're not saying the same thing, but the only way to really find that is to really become empathetic to dive into their world. If, if what you said is everything we want is on the other side of people, then we better spend some time to understand the people around us mm-hmm. because they're the most important thing in our world, not only from a family perspective, but a, a leadership team perspective, company perspective, customer perspective. It's all about empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, Zig Ziglar used to say, you can have anything you want if mm-hmm. you can help enough other people get what they want. Well, we've got to find out what that is. Yeah. Empathy. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but that's my favorite quote in the world. I did not know that. Yeah. No. Yeah. hundred percent. That's awesome. Yeah. It's my all time favorite quote. You know, and as you were saying that, I heard this quote the other day that made me chuckle, but, um, it said that you, <laughs> you can't expect people to stop sucking the life and energy out of you if you keep handing them the straw. <laughs> and <laughs> when I, when I heard that, I was like, oh my, it made me chuckle obviously. But then also like, you know, that perspective of when we let somebody into our world too, um, 
it, it's our fault, like coming backwards too. So it's not only understanding other people and where they're coming from, but what you've really helped me reposition is just looking internal. Like, you know, my frame of reference, even going all the way back to, this is going to sound crazy for some of the listeners, but even back to like, sometimes before I was born, like what the heck, right? Like, but there's all these, you know, places that I come from, I don't know what you would call it because you're the expert, but like all these beliefs and traumas and all these things that I approach life from um, that are really about me and it's not about the other person. And a lot of times it really, it really affects the way we do life and business and relationships. So having the convos, I think is just amazing. It is, it really is. And our, so then if, if we're willing to have the convo, okay, that's a willingness. That's a, okay, we're gonna put the energy in there. Then you gotta make sure that you're saying it in the best way possible. That's kind and respectful. And the, the principle that I love to use when having conversations and giving feedback is I'm okay. You're okay. It's mm -hmm. not my concept. It's a old book and, and Thomas Harris wrote it. Amazing. Like mm -hmm. literally every page, like I had to sit meditate on it for like a week, like to wow. figure out, okay, what is this saying? It's that powerful. Wow. And it goes into the thing you're talking about is that a lot of things that we've learned come from a very early age. And, so, and there's actually research done now about genetic learning that's been passed down in cells that validates the fact that it's not just uh, you know, nurture, but it's also nature inside mm. of who we are. Not that we can't overcome that programming for sure, but coming at it from the perspective of I'm okay, you're okay. How do I make this person okay while I give them this important feedback mm. that, that may not be okay? Why do people resist feedback? Because it makes them not okay. It makes them, then they start justifying. They're like, well, here's why... No, you're, you're okay, Mike. Like, listen, you're doing an amazing job. I really like what you're doing. And, you know, here's what I like to do in the future. Mm. On, on a feedback perspective, quick tip, if you ever give feedback, make it on the future of what they can do to make it even better rather than what they did wrong in the past. Mm. You can't change the past. Mm -hmm. So that's why they get defensive. Mm -hmm. If you put it in the future, listen, I love everything you did. You know what I'm thinking? If you did X, Y, and Z... Oh, you think that would work? Would that make it even better? And now uh, it's like we're together trying to, uh -huh. to make it even better. Like I validated you. I acknowledge yeah. all the things you've done because they put their heart and soul into it. I'm not going to take that away from them. And we're going to just kind of course correct, just like you would with anyone. Just kind of, oh, let's go in this direction and see how that goes. Mm, so good. Um, <laughs> in the interests of, you know, not dragging you into 32 episodes, I want to take a second um, because obviously, you know, I get to meet with you once a week. Um, and this has been, how long have we been working together? I keep saying three or four months, but maybe it's been longer. I don't know. I, th I think it might've only been like since March. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah, it's been years. Seem, but... Yeah. Yeah. I know. It, it feels like we go way back. I agree. Yeah. So in the interests of the audience and, and I mean, I, I think we need to set a little bit of framework. So when I, the way that I found you, I've got a, a good friend, his name's Billy. Um, I got to know him through Sean Stevenson and I was golfing with Billy and I told Billy, I said, Billy was talking about like, um, NLP and coaching and something. And I'm like, Billy, you know, I've been really intrigued by NLP. Like, what is it? And so he kind of gives me his, you know, flavor version of what NLP is. And he's like, you know, you should really talk to Dr. John. Like Dr. John has really like helped me in my world and I've gone through all the things and got certified. And so I came to you thinking that I was going to like learn NLP, which we're kind of going through that process now. But you came back to me and said, Mike, there's another thing. I don't know if Billy told you, but this is like my core work. Um, can you explain, can you explain number one, the breakthrough work that you do and just kind of give us some context around that? And then I want to kind of discuss NLP. So you got it. Um, I, I also, by the way, when Billy introduced us, thought we were just going to hang out and talk about NLP as well. And then as you're talking, I'm like, I think this might be like the better fit for what you're looking for to take it to hold the level. And, and I'm certainly glad we have had that combo for sure. And the, the breakthrough process is so NLP, for those who don't know, most people probably know at least something about it. It's neuro-linguistic programming, big picture it's been around for, I don't know, 45 years since 1976 and mid-70s. And it's how to use the language of the mind to create results. Mm. Well, we've evolved certain 
kind of subcategories of NLP, including timeline work. And that's where we bring in like stuff from like generational and, and, and even beyond, like before I was born, like this thing came in and all of a sudden like, here it is. And now it's released and I feel better and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, you know, definitely out there kind of things for a lot of people. But if you look at the science and the logic behind it, it actually makes a lot of sense. The breakthrough session takes literally everything that we know about rapid change inside of neurolinguistic programming, which is honestly borrowing from like everything that works out there and saying, okay, this is ours now. And we're going to put it into a process because mm. we want to get results as fast as possible and not do like long drawn out stories of, and how'd you feel about that? And how'd you feel that? Nothing against that. There's certainly value in that hundred percent. But let's find out the patterns. Mm-hmm. What is the what are the patterns, the deeper patterns that you're running that have been running perhaps your whole life that may have been passed down to you from your family or culture and and clean out that baggage in a specific area of life. When you get rid of that, then you literally can be clean spiritually, mentally, emotionally and physical, because how we know if we have baggage, by the way, is when we have events and our response is disproportionate. Mm-hmm. We think about it too long. It, we're angry. And we don't know why, right? We're holding on to things inside. That's how it comes out. And why do I keep doing that? We start asking and questioning ourselves. So we dig up all, all of that and then release it using a variety of techniques. And then by the end of that, then we get clear on the next step, which is your values. Who do you want to be? Mm. Because so many people, you think about investing for freedom, right? So freedom is a value. We want to have freedom. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how do you have freedom? Well, you got to do some things to, to do to create that freedom. Yeah. And but but we know what to do. Like we said, so much information out there on investing, mindset, success, real estate, business management, business processes, you name it. It's all out there. We might even know what to do, but we're not doing it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Because we're not being who we want to be. Because mm-hmm. we're held on to the past. So the breakthrough session, pulling it all together, allows us to clean up the past so we can be who we want to be, so we can build the future that we want to create to have the freedom that we're looking for. I love it. And I remember when you first started, you know, presenting this to me, you, you, I don't know if it was like the first call or what, but you, when it really clicked for me, you said, like, we're going to kind of like develop your avatar and then work through the process. And I might be slaughtering this, but work through the process of like, what do we need to deal with and who do I need to become in order to like establish that? Is that, does that even close to? Oh, hundred percent. You're, you're nailing it. You're nailing it. So I I would love to say, who do I want to be? I want to be an abundant person. Mm. If I have limiting emotions around that and scarcity or fear inside, I, I can't be an abundant person. So that's why you clean up the past first. And that creates the foundation for the avatar work which is literally painting a picture of how do you want to show up? What are the values you want to represent? What are the belief systems that you want to have and systematically install them rather than waiting for them to happen, but we actually install them. And then we operationalize it into actions because you do got to do, you got to do the do, right? You got to actually take action to get the having part. So it's not just being, 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 if we're all being, then we're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's your path and you want to meditate on a mountain or a beach somewhere. <laughs> and that's what you want to do. And that's your idea of freedom. That's cool. But for a lot of people, it, it's freedom of choice mm-hmm. and to be on the mountain or the beach or with their family or at work and having the things they want to have. Well, it all begins back with how do you want to show up each and every day? Cause that's what you can control back to the other thing you mentioned from our conversation yesterday with the couples is yes, our focus determines our reality and the thinking, feeling plus behaving equals results. But what can I control? I can barely control my thoughts. Yeah. I can barely control my feelings. I should be able to control my behaviors, but a lot of times we don't mm-hmm. because we're running on autopilot. So a breakthrough process helps to clean out the old mm-hmm. and allows us to begin to install the new. Yeah. So, so good. Um, you know, I think a lot of, I, I, I think a lot of people might have this preconceived idea. I know I did. And I don't know if somebody had said to me, you know, if Billy had said to me, Mike, go see Dr. John, you're going to do some breakthrough work. And, you know, he's going to take you all the way back to, you know, all your deep childhood traumas. And <laughs> I might run, like I might actually run. Um, but it's, it didn't, it didn't come at me that way. Um, and also I think I'm at a place in life where I'm, I'm ready to be 
uh, like I heard this podcast the other day and they were talking about men of excellence. And I like, I feel like, I feel like I'm at this place in life where I want to be excellent in, in all areas. And, and so I think to some degree I was ready, but to demystify, I guess maybe for some listeners that are like, man, I don't, I don't want to touch that. Like, cause we all have trauma. We all have wounds. We all have, you know, deep crap that we've got to deal with and everything else. But this has been like the most, I guess, freeing, um, process I think that I've ever actually gone through. And I mean that I'm not just saying it cause we're, you know, recording a podcast, but um, for people that, you know, a lot of times I think people hear NLP, trauma work, deep work, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, oh man, somebody's going to like, you know, hypnotize me and all this demystify it for us. Like, is it, you're, you haven't done anything to me. Zero, zero. And actually I don't do anything to anyone. <laughs> That's the weird part. And, but here's the thing, Mike, if I, if I just gave you the questions, still wouldn't do anything. Mm-mm. It it's it's the process. That's weird. It's not about me. And mm-hmm. I I teach and I certify people to do this work as well. So it's not that I have anything special. I've just been studying people who get amazing results. And 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 I say, oh well, that's good. I'll take this and that, and let's put it together in in a way that makes sense, maybe in a more robust way. And I I get that it can sound definitely out there for sure for someone who's uninitiated with that. And it's not for everyone. I think it can be, mm-hmm. but timing is an important part. Mm. You know, I remember when, when I first learned about NLP, I went back to my friends and, you know, we were beer drinking buddies and things like that. And I'm like, guys, we don't need to drink alcohol anymore. We can, we can, we can just manage our state by changing the pictures in our mind. And they said, yeah, whatever, as they took another drink of their mm. beverage. And soon after that we found ourselves you know not hanging out as much mm. um and that was okay that was fine for that but the, you know maybe they're ready for it now but it was it's not my my job to you know get everyone involved and excited about NLP. if it's not your thing it's not your thing mm-hmm. but it's really not woo woo like no. and I've, I've been through many experiences i would say okay that's that's out there for me yeah and it's very mainstream. It actually comes from psychology. I'd say 90, 95% of everything NLP has been validated through different studies. But, you know, they, they do studies for everything these days. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I think we can say that rapport, for example, is proven. Like people yeah. like people with whom they have rapport and they have a harder time communicating people without rapport. Well, that's NLP. NLP made that a process, yeah. if you will. So it's really, really simple and and actually quite fun too. Yeah. I've been having a blast and we're just kind of starting to get into the, the NLP phase, but you said something to me the other day that, um, and again, I, you know, a lot of people that are listening right now are probably like, yeah, I mean, no big deal, whatever trauma work, like go deep NLP, blah, blah, blah. But I think a lot of people have this like block and you said something to me the other day where you, you said, you know, like when Kara comes into the room, like if something's off, like she might not even say anything. Um, you just feel that something's off and you don't really know. And you're like, Hey, what's off? Well, you kind of led me into this deeper, um, that's just a practical version of, of like connection and understanding and, you know, body mannerisms and energy connection and all of that kind of stuff. So it's really, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Although it's complex. That's a, it's, it's not complex. It's one of those things that you have to slow down Mm. to really experience we're so in our head we're so worried about all the things that that might happen it's the idea that we always worry about so many things that never really happened that we're too caught up in our own brain to pay attention to the outside world the moment you let go of some of the things from the past you can be more present and more mindful so that when your employee comes in your colleague comes in your spouse your kid comes in you can sense when something is gone. I mean, and, and this is sounds, and, and by the way, 15 years ago, I would have said that's woo woo. I don't <laughs> yeah. get it at all. Yeah. But now it's like a regular part of my life. And I, I get the value of energy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's so important. When I first learned about LP, I thought you had to be in the super duper fire mode and mm-hmm. rock it out like a motivational seminar all the time. And, and no, that it's a more grounded approach that you actually get the best results because mm. you can, you can overwhelm people too if you come at it too strong. So by slowing down and getting in touch with that subtle energy with your wife, with Kara, with your kids, it's a deeper connection and Mm. you slow down and you ask questions, just be present with them and ask questions and find out about their day and have empathy. The relationship is going to deepen. It's pretty amazing. 
You know, you were talking about slowing down and yesterday when we were on the couple's mastermind call, Kara hit mute and she said something and I was like, yeah, Dr. John is like a master of like slowing down in the sense that I can tell sometimes that you're taking notes and you're, um, you know, and some of that's mental notes, but some of it's actual notes too. And, um, afterwards I, I realized that, and this is just kind of mirroring back something that you've, you've taught me that just became real. A lot of times I'm so engaged in the conversation that I don't take the time to slow down and capture things that really matter. And I've found myself slowing down, taking notes. Um, a lot of times even my brain, like I don't want to miss something. And so I can't like take, but a lot of times I miss so much because I don't take note of something, whether it's, you know, consciously or, or actual and, and even taking the time afterwards. And I know this might not sound like it matters, but even after meetings, like working with you has taught me to stop for a few minutes afterwards, capture what I need to capture. Because I've told myself for years that, you know what, it's important. It matters. I'll come back later when I have time, I'm going to remember it. No, like I've, I've learned working, like I've literally stopped and taken a few keynotes afterwards when I think of something to kind of anchor that. And so you've really taught me to slow down and kind of also, I think maybe recognize faster what actually matters. And when my conscious or subconscious tells me something that really matters, stop, slow down, anchor it. Awesome. You know what I love about that, Mike, is we have never explicitly talked about slowing down. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. Never in, in our conversations have we ever talked about the importance of slowing down mm -hmm. at all. Yet experientially, you you pull that out for yourself. And that's that's why it's not about me. It's mm -hmm. about the insights that you pull from your perceptions, your experiences. Maybe other people don't get that from me, and that's okay. But you got what you wanted for mm -hmm. you at that point in time. Yeah, I, I, I've had to learn that. It's an important thing because I thought when I met my wife, by the way, she said I was so I asked her so many questions because I was in a fire mode back yeah. then. <laughs> She's like, who is this person and why are they so interested in my life? And mm. then she figured out, oh, that's just John. He's just very curious. And and obviously things went, went well from there. But there is a um, a documentary I happened to see and I was at a training in, at the hotel afterwards on uh, music. And I'm not a big jazz guy, but, you know, I like music. So I stopped mm -hmm. and it was Winton. Marsalis, I think he's a trumpet player. He was giving feedback to a jazz quartet and, and they were jamming and doing the freestyle thing. And he said, listen, you guys were all over the place and you were going blah, 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 and all that. And you had a lot of great things to say. He said, but you didn't let it breathe. Mm. He said, what you want to do is you want to see so in music and in life, the emotion is in the silence. Mm. When you say something, you got to stop and let it breathe. Because what if you did something, you just did a presentation and I come over, hey, Mike, that was fantastic. And, the, and point number one and point number two and point number three, well, you don't get a chance to breathe it in. Mm. Mike, wow, that presentation blew me away. Mm. Your connection with the audience, like you just, you just had them right there. Like you were so authentic. It moved me. Mm. And you have, like, it just, it's, the energy goes, it breathes and it comes back and it's an ebb and a flow. Yeah. And again, 15 years ago, I would have been like freaked out about the energy conversation. So hopefully <laughs> your listeners and, and viewers are with us, but the, and the motion is in the silence and you get so much more meaning out of mm -hmm. the conversations rather than information being transferred. It's not about information. It's about the meaning we're trying to commit, convey. It's, that's so interesting. Cause even just like going through that little extra, like I could feel that right. Where like a lot of times you don't even feel that you're like, Oh, thank you. But like, I could feel, I could feel that it's cool. I love it. I agree. Yeah. When you create a space and your intention is behind that, that you're it's pure love, it's positivity. And you're actually like, I see you mm. right. That kind of thing versus, Hey, great job. I don't, that's like the, the least effective feedback to ever give someone. It's a throwaway. It's like a, how are you mm. when you see someone on the street? Yeah. You know, what's been mind blowing for me? Um, I don't think we've ever talked about this either, but when I first five years ago approached you to, I mean, two months ago or whatever the time, um, <laughs> I, I was a little hesitant about doing this type of work over zoom because 
I don't know why. Um, I felt like, you know, we're going to do some deep work and connection and I needed to be in that energy. And, um, that, that's been eye opening to me. Like, um, you can be in New York and I can be in Phoenix and we can do the deep work and we can have deep. I feel like I know, like, I feel like, well, you do like know me like inside and out probably more, more than most, even in the short period of time. But I feel like I like know you. And so that's been a kind of like a eye opening thing I've been thinking about is like the energy in the world, like the connection that we've built and the work that we've done. I don't have to be right next to you to do that. That's really cool. I'm, I'm glad you had that experience. That's important. I've done I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of breakthrough sessions um, as a standalone, as part of a larger coaching arrangement type of thing. And I've done less than uh, less than five in person. Wow! Like, I've done all of all, virtually all of them over Zoom. Mm. And and actually, the last one I had was was great in person. And but I vowed never to do it again. It was like too. It was so like I was like, no, I just want to let's be focused and present mm-hmm. together. And then when we're here, we're great. And then then I can go and have dinner with my family, yeah. like right afterwards. You know what I mean? Like and not have to have that transition time. And and so. I don't know what it is that makes it because I, I imagine you've been on Zooms where there's no connection. Mm-hmm. I imagine you've been in in in-person meetings where there's no connection, mm-hmm. as well as there's connection in both departments too. Mm-hmm. So it can't be the medium. Yeah. It's the intention. So good. So good. Um, I want to circle back to the time thing because you've got this whole, you know, I mean, I think we think of I've been pondering this a lot and haven't even scratched the surface on this, but I read the big leap and there was a concept in there on Einstein time. And I've heard, you know, just some other perspectives on time recently. And, you know, we've gone through the last probably 20 years, everybody has been inundated. We've got so much change when it comes to the way we work and technology and all of the above. And you were talking about, you know, the music and, and the big fish, small pond. I, I said, I would circle back to this, but you've got kind of a different perspective on time, time management. And again, I know this could be a 30 part, um, but give me the high level. Cause I think, I think that that's a big issue nowadays is people managing their time and perspective and all of that. So is there any way to sum that module up in a few minutes? <laughs> let's do it. Let's see what we can do and go as far as you, as you want to, um, you know, and difference on time management depends on what you've done before. Mm-hmm. So this may be overlap with what your viewers and listeners have seen before. But for many people that I work with, it, it's it's not. And and I believe in the traditional, you know, blocking the big rocks and let the small rocks fill in and things like that as well. But in the end, I think that the main principle is that time management is mind management. Mm. It's energy. Like literally had a, a call last week with a, uh, another client and things are just not the way things weren't working. And I just asked a simple question. And this is, this is actually, I think is more modern time management than old school time management is, well, when's your zone of genius? Like, when do you feel like you're the peak performance? And she's like, I just feel like I need to get waking up. Like, like in the afternoon, like I'm ready to go, but in the morning I'm not. So, you know, the Brian Tracy concept of eat that frog, do the worst thing in the morning. Well, she was, saving the frog till the afternoon, which mm. was like the financial, the operations, CEO type of stuff. And the people thing, the meetings and the conversations with investors and buyers and things like that. She was saving that, doing that in the morning. Cause that's what in real estate, she had been trained mm. that you do all the calls, you have all the meetings in the morning, then the rest of the day, you do all the other things you want to do. Mm. Well, if, if your energy is peaking in the afternoon and the most important people, everything you want is on the other side of people, like you mentioned, well, then put the people where where you can show up. You can power through some spreadsheets with your coffee and go as yeah. slow or as fast as you want to, but we got to work on how your mind works. She said, but for the last 10 years, I've been doing it the way they taught me to do it. And I was like, well, that's great for them. Yeah. And that's what everyone does is teach what works for them. I care about what works for you. Mm. And like, it was just a game changer on that one. So energy is is a huge part of that paying attention to your own rhythms and tendencies in a way it's it's kind of like marketing mm-hmm. it's experimentation and you got to keep on tweaking so take a model test it find what works get rid of what doesn't keep what does and keep evolving as you evolve and your systems evolve and and knowing that you're you're 
solutions today are the problems that you have to solve tomorrow. It's so interesting because as you're like saying all that, I think it, that, that approach is kind of the same thing that you've really taught me in a lot of different perspectives. Like a lot of, I think a lot of us are programmed. I think we're all programmed to just do things the way we were taught or programmed or patterned or, or watched or saw. And really, I think that's what has been, you've really taught me to just stop. I don't don't know if this is exactly how you taught me it, but I'm like really stopping and thinking about my thinking in all areas at this point in time. So you're stopping thinking about your thinking and then what does that leave you with, Mike? Well, it's just always like exploring why am I doing this? And you know what, just even that lady, like she just said, this is just, I've been doing this the way they taught me for the last 10 years. Well, just really questioning why, like, why am I doing anything that I do? Like I'm, you know, I've even said this with my team before, because I remember sitting down in my first business, which was an HVAC company, and it got to the point where we had a process for a process for a process, and our team was overloaded, and a lot of the things that really mattered weren't getting done. And I remember sitting down with Tyler, who still works with me today, but that was in a different capacity, and I told him, I said, you know, we're doing stuff that we put in place three or four years ago because a certain problem happened, or it might have even been, you know, we were working with a certain type of technician or a certain technician, group of technicians, or even we had a different, completely different inventory management system. And we're still doing a lot of these things that were created for certain reasons. And I told Tyler, I said, start over, tear it down, look at every single process that we're doing and figure out why we're doing it isn't it still relevant. And I think that's what I'm really getting at is you've taught me to just really slow down and look at Uh, Obviously, we can't do it all at once, but like, why am I doing this? Where did this come from? Um, Some of it's deeper work that you need guidance around, but some of it's just really stopping and saying, why why do I do things that way? Stop, simplify, and if you keep on doing that, slow down, simplify, like you'll be in good shape. Like that's, that's quite often the key. Rushing, sure, other times when you have to rush and make things happen because of deadlines, absolutely. And if that's happening consistently, then something's out of whack. It's feedback. Hmm. We need to step for, let's go back further up the stream and figure out what we can shift in the next round. Cause you can't change the past. Yeah. What we can do the next time to make sure that we don't have to do that in the future. Yeah. You know, stopping and, and slowing down. I, I said something a while back to somebody. I'm like, you know, you've really changed my life. And the guy said, really, how? And I was like, like he forced me to, we're just so programmed and he had, but it took me a few minutes to like, really, I knew that he had changed my life, but the feedback loop is, is I think where the important, when he said, really tell me how I was like, it set me back for a minute and I really had to like stop and take inventory and slow down and think about it. But it really anchored something in me just to be more cautious too, about, you know, what I say, number one, but number two, um, really reinforcing that. I knew he changed my life, but had I really spent a lot of time thinking about how? No. And that actually really took that relationship to a whole different level. That's so awesome. One of my first coaches, whenever I would give him like a positive feedback or something I really liked, he would say, oh, um," I said, oh, great job. He said, what did you like specifically? Right. Mm. He would get chunk it down into specifics. And I adopted it so much. I used it at home and and then my wife, she's like, oh, I shouldn't, I, next time I won't give you a compliment because I say it so many times. What specifically did you like about that French toast? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, the powdered sugar, of course. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. cool. But you, but it's more meaningful, mm. like the, the passive, hey, you changed my life is great. How specifically, it actually gives them more information about, because it's the word beach, mm. different things. You changed my life. I could immediately say, oh, I know what that means, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it means to you. Mm-hmm. So we're really are trying to complete the process of you transferring the picture you have in your head into me or the person you were, you're sharing that with. Wow. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm going to put you on the spot here because, um, again, we could you know create 32 more episodes. But with everything you see going on you know, in the world today, everything we're seeing, dealing with positive, negative, whatever, a lot of busy entrepreneurs. I actually think that I read a book recently called the rise of America by Marin Katusa. And I'm actually positive. I'm optimistic as an entrepreneur and investor. Do we have challenges? Sure. Um, but you know, you look backwards at 2020, we're sitting in July of 2021. And for some people, 2020 was the worst year of their lives. And for some people, it was the best year of their life. I fall into that category. 
more connection time. Um, I met you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, you know, it was our best year financially. Um, yeah, there were some challenging times. Um, we had to restructure, do a lot of things, but it, a lot of that's perspective. So the world that we live in, um, give us your, give us your advice for, um, you know, working through the times that we live in. I would agree with that assessment that, uh, 2020, 2021 has been great year for many and not so great year for many as well. And it's something that it's just around us, right? So even mm-hmm. if you have a great year, you can't help be aware that there's problems in our society, problems in uh, the health and the world and all these kinds of things. And it's a real thing, even for, and it's not to say even for me, but like, it's something that I continuously think about and, and check myself on and, and trying to manage through just like every other human being on the planet. Um, when 2020 happened, like I, I did my last in-person training in, I think March or February and then March happened. And, and, and I said, to the people I was working with, I said, okay, like, this is it. I'm going on my own. And I stopped working with a company I've been working with for 15 years and started training on my own. And, and, and again, had an amazing year, got to spend more time with my son, Jack, than hmm. ever, ever before. Like like it was, we're still having a great, great summer. Like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're so much quality time. I don't want to go back to that. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good that happened. Of course, a lot of horrible things that have happened too. The thing that's gotten me through and, and other people that I've coached along this process too, is something that we talked about yesterday with the couples mastermind is the, the circle of concern. Mm-hmm. That's the big circle. They have all these things that we're worried about in the world. Right. And the list, is growing, I'm sure, by the moment. Mm-hmm. And then we have that circle of control, which is our thoughts, feelings, and behavior. Mm-hmm. And circle of influence in between. So the thing, who can I influence? You know, people in my organization, the people who listen to this show or the podcast and uh, who come to my trainings and things like that and, and one-on-one clients and family. But the control is so much smaller than the concern. Mm-hmm. And if I'm putting energy out there time, emotion into concerns Mm -hmm. that I am neither able nor willing to do anything about, well, I'm missing the game. I'm Mm -hmm. missing the whole game because my family's here, right? They're right here, ready to play. And Mm -hmm. we can play, I don't know, whatever games we play. We can go outside and go for a walk or go for a hike and, Mm -hmm. and spend time together. That is a much better use of my time and energy. Now, some people might say, no, you should be enraged by what's happening out there. Okay, cool. But like, if you think it through and, mm-hmm. and I'm open to figuring out what to do with this, I don't have the answer, but this is what I found work for me and many people. Mm-hmm. If I think it through me being arranged about anything or expectations about the way the world should be or school systems or taxes or mm-hmm. anything like that, unless I'm willing to step into my circle of influence and do something about it mm-hmm. and put time and energy and money into that venture, it's only wasting my time. Wow. One thing I'll say for sure, I think we can agree that, I mean, time is precious. It always has been precious, always will be precious. So at the end of our lives, we're going to look back and say, I'm so glad I worried about a bunch of things that I couldn't change. (laughs) Or am I so glad that I was present, stopped, slowed down, and was meaningful in my communication and found joy and happiness, even in a very challenging time environmentally, economically Mm. for many people? Well, I think the answer for me is a no brainer on that one. Wow. Yeah. That, that's been so powerful seeing that visual. I don't know if you have that visual somewhere, uh, but in the center is control and outside of that is influence. And then outside of that is concern, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been so, one of my old mentors used to say, get off your can, do what you can and can the rest. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like that's, yes. um, you know, like a dumbed down version of um, the control circle. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So get off your can. So get out of your head, get into the behavior, right? Do yeah. what you can influence and then can the rest, which is the concern. Yeah. <laughs> so how, let me just offer one more thing on that, that concept. So it's great to know mm-hmm. that phrase. It's great to know the model we just shared control, influence, and concern. Mm. How do you get back into influence? How do you get back into control? Mm. It's questions, questions, mm. asking yourself the question. Okay. Um, is this relevant to me? Yeah, I care about, I care about people everywhere. Am I willing to do something about it? Can I do something about it? Those questions. Okay. What can I focus on instead to do my part 
to clean up the world mm. so that they can, these people can help these people that, cause it's a matrix. We're all interconnected. What affects one affects all, mm -hmm. you know, I, I talked to the client in Boston and they're getting smoke in their area because of climate in California and mm -hmm. Oregon in Washington. Like, so the smoke, yeah. like we're interconnected. Yeah. What happens to one happens to all. So if we put positive energy into one area, even though it might not directly impact the other things, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to come back around. And then that's the idea of abundance and connecting and everything we need is through it's on the other side of people we will help enough other people get what they want. And then we'll have all the things that we want as well. That's so good. And it's been, you know, it's been so great working with you because there's, I think we all have these little processes that we do, whether we're, you know, cognizant of it or not, but you've really helped me like one thing, even on that, the, the control influence concern, I've shared this with you before, I think, but you know, sometimes I'll feel I'm like, I'm cruising through my day. I'm kind of half unconscious, if you will, like doing deep work, I'm in flow and all of a sudden I'll feel, you know, something's bothering me and I'll recognize it. And I have to go backwards and take inventory on my thoughts. It's usually not something that like somebody said it could be, but a lot of times it's some thought that came into my world and I'm like, and it's, it's affecting me because I didn't actually deal with it. I didn't move it through, you know, your, your flow, your pro it's, it's got me out in that area of concern. I'm feeling it. I'm, you know, even emotionally disturbed a little bit, but when I, when I actually, okay, what was it that's bothering me? Oh, somebody, sometimes it's a stupid form. Somebody wants me to fill out a W9 and, and like, it's all of a sudden bothering me or, you know, I haven't, my truck got wrecked on the freeway and I haven't called Geico or, and it popped in very like almost subconscious and I didn't deal with it. Well, it allows me to stop and move it through that circle. Just, it's such a practical thing. I know, it, I mean, you can apply it to so many different areas that are actually deeper, but a lot of times there's nothing I can do to control any of that and, and just moving it through that flow that you've kind of showed me is super valuable. Identify it, um, put it where it belongs. Sometimes it's on a shelf. As long as I put it on a shelf, I'm done with it for now. 100%. And it leaves us to that idea of acceptance. You know, the idea, uh, accept what I can, uh, the, the, the serenity prayer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and accepting all the things that, that are and are not because the world doesn't care what our expectations of it is. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. And, and unfortunately we can, we can try to rail against it and get angry about it, or we can take a breath and come to acceptance of what is. So those little things are great feedback things because it's in your brain. Maybe there's a lesson there, or maybe mm -hmm. it's just a little thing that we had to process through whatever mm -hmm. it is, mm -hmm. but being mindful of that. Yeah. Cause we can get pushed off a 1% in the wrong direction can set off us on a completely wrong path. Yeah. And so getting back in the path as quickly as you can is really important too. Yeah. And even, you know, this is the last thing I'll say about that, but you know, a lot of people would say, well, just don't care what people think. But what I loved about your process is like, okay, so many people say that, like, who cares? Don't, don't worry about what other people think, but you've really like helped me. Okay. What do I do with that? When somebody, you know, somebody said something and it's bothering me, move it. Can I control that? No, I, I love that idea. Right. So people, I care about people, but I don't care what they think. And like the mm. little Facebook or Instagram quotes you see and things like that. And I, I would love that. Like, that would be a great place to be if I didn't care, but, but really like, do I not <laughs> care? Like we're trained in our society, yeah. like our worth shouldn't be, but it is often like, Oh, well, if you don't have this and that, and the other, mm. then you're not worthy. That's what marketing and advertising often does. So we're trained even from grade school. Like if mm -hmm. you don't get this grade, you're not in this reading group, whatever, to have our worth be dependent on the social groups that we're in. That's easy to say, don't care about other people, but it's like telling someone when they're mad, don't be mad. Mm -hmm. Just don't, just don't be yeah. mad. It doesn't, it doesn't really work. So we have to, what is the process then? how do you get ourselves mm -hmm. to be not attached to their feelings and recognize that their perception is their perception and accept it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the questions like, okay, well, what was it about that that triggered me? Yeah. Do I really do I believe that? Yeah. Or is that their stuff? Wow. Because sometimes it's true, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes like if someone tells you something, yeah, one person out of a hundred doesn't count. That's that's right. their stuff. <laughs> yeah. If 10 people say it, yeah, it's a thing. Right. It's a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. We have to discern and that requires slowing down and listening and going inside and listening to yourself. Is there any truth to it? And if not, they say, you know what? That person 
just has their opinions and that's fine. I know it's true for me. Mm, so good. Well, I've taken plenty of your time. Um, any, any final words, anything on your heart? Any, any final words? <laughs> oh man, I, I could talk for days. I know. I love it. Um, I would say, let me, because I was thinking a little bit before uh, our call about, you know, investing for freedom mm. and, you know, what does that really mean? Mm. Right. So investing it's time it's energy it's money um and for freedom and then we get some ambiguity mm -hmm. right because like we talked about yesterday in the couple's mastermind words mean different things to different people yeah and i might know what you mean by freedom or think i do mm. but i might not mm -hmm. and you say if, if we're working together on a project and you say this is really important to me communication is really important to me well for you it might be being checking in once a month and for me i want to check in every day and if we don't have that communication about what that means, so find out for you if you're interested in investing in freedom. And that's one of the values that you have and why you do what you do as a business owner and investor. What does freedom mean to you? Hmm. Slow down, listen inside and write out a paragraph, write out a page or write a book if you want to, as much as you want to get that picture clarity. Because if you don't have the picture of what that looks like, hmm then it's hard to hit that target totally so once you get that target this is what i want to have okay then let's reverse plan into the doing okay what do i need to do and then more importantly who do i need to be hmm. so that i can not even wait because freedom is i think we probably both agree is a mindset yep you can have all the money in the world and not be free totally you can have nothing and be free as a bird yeah so it's a mindset, something, it's a value you can have right now but we got to start with what that clarity is and then start from freedom and you're going to generate more of that as well. Yeah. I love that. Free as a bird that like hit me perspective right there. Like <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I appreciate that. So where can people get in touch with you? Cause obviously we just scratched the surface. You are one of my like seriously all time favorite people. Um, I, I, I actually tell Dr. John this all the time. Like he, I mean, I'm never going to stop coaching with him. And he's like, well, Mike, you know, at some point in time, we'll, we'll, we'll determine that. But like, I just can't even imagine you not being a part of my life. So how do, obviously you have key conversations for leadership. That's a podcast. Where can people find that? And where else can they get in touch with you? Uh, podcast, obviously where I, you know, I, any podcast is keyconvo.com will take you to, I think the site as well. Uh, probably the, the best warehouse to go is uh, johnryanleadership.com. You put in slash free, you'll see all the freebies there that you can enter in the world, including joining our Facebook group where mm -hmm. I do uh, live free trainings every Sunday, you know, 15 minutes to an hour. So, you know, kind of enjoy just kind of just to reconnect and get some energy before we start our week and get our mindset going on a variety of topics, including NLP. Mm -hmm. Actually, and I put all the recordings up there. There's actually an entire NLP practitioner training on recording on Facebook. So go there, enjoy it. Nice. Um, love to see you in the group and uh, to be connected. Well, I just want to take a second to honor you and your work and, you know, the lives that you've changed. I know several of them personally, um, but for what you've done for me, it's been amazing. So um, I honor you for that. And I just appreciate the way you show up in the world. Mike, thank you so much. It has really been a, a true pleasure not only being here and having this conversation and throwing me the curveballs and putting 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 the screws to me this time in, in, that, in that sense. And it's been a lot of fun. And I really love that our work together and I, and I love that we hopefully, you know, we'll, I'll, I'm going to be number two to Kara. That's my goal. Be, uh, well, and the kids. I'll be yeah. the kids too. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Cool. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank Appreciate you. you. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.